thank you so much for tuning in to Yoga Journeys, a podcast focused on sharing and celebrating inspiring stories of transformation through the practice of yoga. I am your host, Katherine Kennedy. This podcast came about after having experienced my own transformation, growth, and healing through my yoga practice. I wanted to share these life-changing tools with others, so I became a yoga teacher after several years of training. Throughout my years of teaching and practicing, I've talked with many other practitioners and teachers and have heard so many of the same stories over and over again and wanted to create this platform for sharing those stories. Our guest for this episode is Krishna Peter Perry, who is the co-director of the Shiva Shakti School of Yoga. He is a yoga practitioner, a Vedic astrologer, and an Ayurvedic counselor. Thank you so much, Krishna, for taking the time to share your story today. Uh, Honored for you to be here and, and to share. I would like to start off by asking you about what actually got you into yoga in the first place. Well, first, I want to thank you for having me on your podcast today. I feel uh, so happy inside to be here. So what brought me to yoga? That was some 23 years ago, and I was going to massage school at the time. And in the massage school, there were different adjuncts, and one of them happened to be yoga with Thomas, who was an Iyengar instructor. And I recall the class because I had a very interesting experience in that class. So as we were moving through the movements, I was cued to breathe very deeply. At the time, I didn't realize, but I was, had become a reverse breather. And for those of you who don't know what reverse breathing is, it means that we're breathing from the top of the lungs rather than into the belly. And in addition to that, I also had been experiencing asthma for most of my young adult life. And in that moment, when Thomas was giving the cues, about bringing the breath deep into the body, I realized that I was able to breathe for the first time freely and clearly in many, many years. And this, and this was the essential link that brought me to yoga. I feel like so much of our society is not truly using the capacity of our breath in ways to help us mind, body, and spirit. And I know that the Shiva Shakti School of Yoga and Healing Arts share these yogic practices. What are some of the things that come out of the teachings that you feel are most important for, as you always call them in our teachings, the householders? What are those practices that you feel are are most important for takeaways for people? Mm -hmm. Well, I would say regular connection with the breath, you know, whether that's in the the line at the grocery store or in a heated conversation with a friend, you know, taking that time to be able to reflect and pause and let the mind settle into the body. I feel like there are a lot of opportunities for us to get caught up in the head or for us to miss the important cues that the physical body is giving to us. So for me, I see that using pranayama in a daily life, let's say 
in the line of the bank or when you're conversing with a friend and the conversation starts to go in a di direction you weren't so sure of, that, that the pranayama tools give you an ability to come into a reflective space so that you're able to bring forth more clearly that which is in your heart. Giving ourselves that time to reflect and reconnect with the heart is so important. Thank you for sharing that. So why did you decide to become a yoga teacher? This is kind of a funny one. I'll continue the story uh, that I had started earlier. During that period, I was doing some house sitting. And on a lovely bookshelf, I found a copy of Swami Vishnu's complete illustrated book of yoga. And I was reading the pranayama section in there, reading the asana section, and you know, trying to do some yoga postures in, in the room on my own from a book. And that subsequently brought me online. And I thought to myself, if I really want to study this yoga, I should just go and just be a teacher. It, it didn't occur to me that I was going to be a yoga teacher at the time. I, I went to take a yoga teacher training for myself, for my own self-development. And so that I could continue to expand upon these insights that I had had in class, with my original teacher, Thomas. So are there any particular stories that you'd like to share with regard to transformation, healing, and or growth uh, over the years? Well, there's so many layers with that question. You know, when I, when I speak to students and practitioners of yoga, I, I like to encourage them to develop what a friend of mine once called um, a working philosophy, you know, a working spiritual philosophy, if you will, a, a working philosophy for problem solving, a working philosophy for being able to deal with the trials and tribulations in life that will contribute ultimately to our own healing. And so yoga for me in the greater fields of Ayurveda, and Tantra, the Vedas, and even Jyotish, which is Vedic astrology, these have all been many layers that through the years have continued to help with my healing and growth and, and transformation. You see, yoga is an ocean. And, and once you get into that ocean and you begin to learn to swim, and yoga provides for me, a, a working philosophy that I can meet life so that when there is a transformative experience that's arising, I have a series of tools and techniques and, and past experiences to be able to meet them. The idea here in earth school, if you will, to speak in metaphor, is that when we have, when we have obstacles and challenges and delays and health issues and family problems. There's, there's so many wonderful areas of life that we're presented with for opportunities for growth and change that in a working philosophy, rather than taking a, a victim mentality, yoga for me and the breath to mind you has provided a platform for me to be able to see that each opportunity is a, is a moment for growth. When you talk about the importance of creating a philosophy 
for your practice of yoga. I find it that the way that you were talking about it really was built on the idea of resilience and building resilience in yourself so that you can meet life's challenges on a daily basis without that need for reaction. And I also find it interesting too that the the foundation that you started on when you talked about what even brought you to yoga in the first place was the breath and how important it is to always come back to the breath. The breath is a is a doorway to a larger conversation called prana. And prana means life force. And when we engage in yoga and in prana and pranayama like that and the knowledge of prana what this begins to do is it puts us in touch and contact with that very subtle life force that's filling our bodies, that's making our minds function, giving us the ability to come into a more intimate contact with life. And ultimately, with this working philosophy, it begins to help inform our actions in a conscious way so that we begin to live life in a in a systematic way of being able to honestly start to follow the signs that are continually being reflected in our universe locally here on earth and also the the language of the heart and i come to the language of the heart with that because the breath takes us in deep into our heart space and you know, it's very easy to be in the mind only or dislocated from the body. But this, this idea of resilience, physical resilience, mental resilience, emotional resilience, and spiritual resilience is all based in the ability to connect with the, the very life force, prana itself. Is there any particular experience or experiences that you would offer as examples of those points of transformation and healing and growth that you'd like to share with the audience? Most recently in my life, I've been diagnosed with metastatic prostate cancer. And I thought I was doing the work. I've been doing good work for over 20 years. And I realized when confronted with my own precious mortality that what I actually fell back into was the breath. What I fell back into was this working philosophy. And this working philosophy started to become a a lifeline. It became a, a map, if you will, a way through this very challenging experience that I've been gifted with. And I say gifted with because many people in their lives, they train, but when the test comes, they walk away. And in my life, honestly, I look at this as a, as a great gift and a great teacher and an opportunity, a real opportunity to start to really live this practice that I've been teaching for so many years. When I was first diagnosed, what I immediately began to do was restructure my life. And I, you know, when anyone has a major life event, not just me, but 
when anyone even in the audience here is when, when anyone has a major life event that it's a real test there's a restructuring of the outward life but also the internal life so on an outward way you know restructure as far as prioritizing diet lifestyle proper sleep exercise we can always continue to up the quotient on those but for me it's been deepening my my meditation practice deepening my pranayama practice i spend you know an hour or two hours a day in meditation just to continue to deepen my own practice and uh, i don't feel like without this uh, sort of universal squeeze from the inside that i would be working this hard or or reaching so deeply for this type of mental emotional physical resilience that we're talking about here it's a very deep question you asked me there thank you so much for for sharing that may that be of a benefit for one of our listeners out there one day i definitely think it will be for all of us you had mentioned also your daily practice what what does that look like for you <laughs> so interesting you should ask i have been practicing something called two sleeps so two sleeps is a go to bed very very early you know i go to bed at 7 30 8 o'clock and then waking up at 3 a.m or so and do meditation for a couple of hours and pranayama in there and then usually going back to sleep for some time and then in the morning i get up and, and there's a large piece centered on the diet for me these days and so i eat in a specific regime which i hope everyone is very mindful about about their eating practices so so diet is actual practice for me these days and as we move through the day, I prioritize, you know, physical exercise and asana. I do quite a bit of biking these days because it works better for my body, but I'm slowly getting back to the yoga mat. And then, you know, in the evening times, I try to make sure that there's plenty of time for laughter and play, do some light study, and then continue the same process again and again day after day. How has your practice changed over time? My practice has definitely changed over time. In the younger days, it was quite physical and dynamic. And you know, in these days, though, I see that we have a, a little bit of a addiction to doing in our culture. And I was certainly a doer. And how my practice has changed these days is, is that I really try to incorporate a newfound level of slowness in life. I practice and live at a slower pace, what I call the natural pace of the human animal. You know, we live in a very busy modern world, and, and I have experienced a lot of that fast pace of life but these days my practice really reflects a slower pace by doing less we're achieving more 
So given all that you've shared today, and again, thank you so much for doing that. Based on all of your experiences and your practice, what would you share with someone who has never done yoga before and is interested in starting? Mm, Lovely. So I would first just inquire as to what the person is seeking. Now, they may say they're not sure what they're seeking, but I get a sense that perhaps they're seeking you know, some, maybe something gentle in the way of yoga or maybe more meditative or flowing or athletic or spiritual. So I, I would just encourage them to just do a little inquiry because there are many different yogas out there. And, and I think it's important to match the personality, the individual's personality to the appropriate class and teacher. And when you finally get to the yoga class and you say, I want to take some gentle yoga and you start taking some gentle yoga, then you've got to, I believe, give it a few shots, you know, give yourself some time to show up for the practice and and then see what the effects are in the body, mind and spirit. And also give that teacher some time to grow on you. You'll have an immediate connection with the teacher, but Also give the teachings some time to begin to develop and work their way into your body and mind and heart. I greatly appreciate you taking the time to join us today and to share your story and experiences and teachings. I uh, wish you a beautiful day and uh, hope that in the future you will come back and share more of your experiences to inspire others. Thank you so much again. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in to listen to today's episode of Yoga Journeys, inspiring stories of transformation, growth, and healing. We'll have another episode ready for you soon, but until then, I hope you have a wonderful day.